This is Nightmares of the Americas, Indigenous Tales. The show will start in three, two, one. Welcome, everybody, to Nightmares of the Americas, Indigenous Tales. I'm Joseph. And I'm Gabriel. How you doing today, Gabe? I am doing great. <laughs> and, that, and that is all. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> I'm doing uh, a lot better short, this week. Short this week, and sweet. This week was a lot better. The weather here where we live has gotten a lot better, a lot cooler. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. First things first, we are still having the sticker giveaway we talked about in the last episode. However, we're switching it up. Oh, doing the old switcheroo. So it's like, first you get it, then I get it, and then we just switch it on. And then uh, and maybe nobody gets it. No, somebody's going to get no, it. No, somebody's going to get it. Okay. Yeah. Spotify listeners are now eligible for the giveaway. You guys did it. You guys are out there. We're going to we're going to we're going to help the Spotify listeners be involved. The majority of the people that listen to this podcast listen on Spotify. Yeah. So, all you have to do is subscribe, leave a five-star review, screenshot it, and email us at info@vhillnetwork.com at mm-hmm. with your mailing address. Once you set all that info into our email, we will send you a sticker. What do you think about that? I think that is incredible because these stickers are awesome. I slapped mine on my laptop. I also put mine on the laptop. Mm-hmm. Sorry, So Apple. you copied me? That's what we're doing? We're just oh, copying each other? I did it first because <laughs> I'm the one who received the stickers. They just got in today. So this is true. Fresh off the press. Fresh off the press. They are they are just hot. There's ready for us to just give away to everybody. They look fantastic. Mm-hmm. They're high quality. They are vinyl stickers, waterproof, put them anywhere you want. You can put them on your water bottle. You can put them anywhere. You don't have to worry about them weathering. So if you have a car top carrier like me, put it on that, mm-hmm. put it on your window of your truck, car. I might put my put one on my car too, because just because. Yeah, I might put one on my work truck. I don't care. I'll put Ooh. it on there too. Put it on tailgate, then they make me scrape it off, put it on again. There you go. Thank you for supporting us with everything. This has been an amazing journey so far. And we want to keep it going. Yes, sir. Reminder, the Honoring Our Ancestors powwow is at Bakersfield in a few days. Today is Thursday, and the powwow is on Saturday. Come out and support these people. It's free to the public. They will have dancing, food, vendors. So buy something and help spread the culture. Hang out. Have a good time. Enjoy everything. And Gabe has more info on that. I sure do. It's going to be at uh, 4941 David Road, Bakersfield, California. On September 24th, it's going to start at 11, and it's going to close at 10. And then on the 25th, it's going to start at 11, and then close at 6 p.m. A little earlier the next day, but still, if you get out there, you'll have enough time to enjoy everything. And we will be there. We'll be there with our families. We will be representing... Nightmares of the America's Indigenous Tales. Mm-hmm. We will be giving out stickers. We will be going to the vendors, handing them stickers. Hopefully, we can all help and support each other. Maybe we'll find a vendor that can work with us and get you native shirts, tees, whatever have you. Yeah, that'd be cool. From native people. What do you think? The native people are such a great people. I mean, not to toot my own horn, but I'm awesome. You're awesome too, but just. We're just going to do that real quick. (laughs) I'm I'm pretty awesome as well. Now, don't forget to like, subscribe, follow on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, and wherever else you can find us. On Instagram as well to help move our numbers up. Our Instagram is 
indigenous underscore tales. We've been posting cool pictures on there of our of our episodes, and um, you know we've had a lot of followers since our last episode and commenters and people and stuff like that. So it's really cool. Yeah, go ahead and uh, check that out. It's going to be awesome. We'll keep moving it forward. You can send all of your emails to express your concerns, comments, questions, likes, dislikes to info at com. And lastly, before we get into today's episode, let's talk about the Halloween bonus episode. Oh, Halloween. Halloween's coming up. We're getting into spooky season. Yep, it's right around the corner. I'm so excited. I love that's Halloween. how you have to say it. Say yeah. what? Spoopy? Spooky. Spooky. It's spooky. <laughs> you gotta get you gotta put a little twang, a little spooky. I don't think I don't got the twang, I'm sorry. Okay. Well I'll say got, it. Okay. It's spooky season. Because <laughs> we're getting into it. We are. Everyone loves spooky season. Or if you're like Gabe, you want to say spoopy season. It's like when you're so scared you poop. Spoopy. Yes, the spoops. So if you got the spoops, <laughs> you might need to talk to a doctor about that, but maybe. I digress. We really want to do a listener stories episode for halloween bonus episode we're just going to get right into the episode talk about your stories they can be stories your family has passed down stories of sightings or encounters with native creatures or even a story from a friend of a friend you don't have to be native to share your story but keep in mind we will only be sharing native stories but we want them from you yep i would say the creepier the better I mean, they don't have to be super, super creepy, but the creepier, the better, just so we can get into the spooky season. What do you think? They can be short. It doesn't matter how long the story is. Yeah, you don't got to send us a whole novel. No, just send us what happened. Send us a story. Try to creep everybody out. Mm -hmm. Hey, pump it up. Let's hear the the tale. You could remain anonymous. You can tell us your name. You can do whatever you want, but just submit that story, and then we will cover it. And it will be fantastic. Fantastic. And that will be dropping on Halloween Day. So you get two episodes in one week. That sounds like a great deal. Yep. Hollow's Eve, some would say. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> no, you'll say spooky, but you well, won't say Hollow's Eve. <laughs> no. But it's spooky. <laughs> oh, God. So as long as it's spooky, I'm fine with that. Then you're completely fine with it. I understand. So let's get into today's story of the little people. Let's do it. Have you ever heard of the little people that live in the mountains and caves underground? Many tribes believe in the little people, such as the Aztecs, Mayans, Shoshone, Crow, Cherokee, Iroquois, and many more. Some believe they're man-eaters and are quite tricky. They dip their arrowheads in poison and shoot them at people passing through their land. Then they carry them into the caves underground, feasting on their flesh. Hmm... I don't know if I want to see a little person. So last week you wanted to see a water baby all day long, (laughs) but now it's a little person, which is essentially an adult that is the size of a baby. (laughs) I can control if I'm around water. So I can't control when a little person is going to show up and shoot me with a dart. Kevlar. Yep. I guess. When you're in the woods, Kevlar. (laughs) But it's still cool because in any case, these legends were well-known among natives across the nations long before the Europeans even set foot on the land. That's very interesting, considering the majority of these tribes never interacted with each other. That makes you think maybe these spirits really are all connected. Tribes know of certain legends and stuff like that, and like you said, they don't have any connection. Right, maybe they are. They're all uh, connected to the spiritual reality that's around us. Mm Mm-hmm. 
The Crow described the little people as goblin-like beings, roughly one to two feet tall, with sharp teeth and stumpy necks. They are called the Nurumbi. They are generally enemies of mankind. They behave erratically. They will steal objects you just laid down or might even tie your hair in knots while you sleep. The Nurumbi sometimes have violent, unprompted outbursts and will steal children and mutilate animals. So the Nurumbi sound like a seven-year-old Jeffrey Dahmer. Minus the hair tying. They really sound like a child that is throwing a temper tantrum. Yeah, I'll kick a Nurumbi. Or they just sound like little jerks that you're, you're going to put your, your stick down after you're stirring your, your food. Mm-hmm. And then you look down, it's gone. Yeah, a little jerk. little goblin, what did you say? Uh, thick neck. Stumpy neck. Stumpy neck jerk. You got old stumpy neck. Stumpy neck. Old stump neck. <laughs> and then you wake up and your long, beautiful hair. I mean, I have long, beautiful hair. Luscious hair. Gabe said it. We're awesome. So I have long, beautiful hair. <laughs> and I would hate it if I woke up and it was tied in a bunch of knots. Or just gum in your hair. Or just, they're jerks. They'll do, they'll probably yeah. get some tree sap oh, and just roll it up. Just, just ruin your it head. right in your hair. These things are creepy. And then they steal your kids. What is, what is this? That guy on uh, Hodge Kids, Hodge Wife, comes stealing all your, all your pots and pans and your children. <laughs> what are we doing over here? And then they're going to mutilate your animals. So you got livestock over here and they're killing all your buffalo. Mm-hmm. We're trying to eat some buffalo and you're over here just mutilating them. So I'm assuming that means they're going to use, they're going to kill them where you can't use any of the fur or yeah. fat or food or anything. They just sound like they want to ruin everyone's good time. For no reason at all. Mm-hmm. Well, others believe these little people are helpful fairy-like creatures that guide us in living harmoniously with nature. They're the mediator between the creator and the people, and frequently shamans heed their advice. So this version of the little people kind of sounds like they're the complete opposite of the Nurumbi. Yeah. They want you to succeed. They want you to do well, and they want you to take care of the earth. I like this little person. So the story I will be talking about today is about the Crow people. The people of the Crow Nation call themselves Apsalake, which means children of the large-beaked bird. Okay. The Hendatasa tribe were neighbors of the Crow, and they're the ones who gave them their name. So the Crow didn't even give themselves the name. The oh, Crow cool. called themselves a the people, like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And this other tribe said, eh, you're Apsalake. We're going to give you this name, and you're going to accept it. You're welcome. So the Crow Nation intentionally migrated from the east near Lake Erie, Ohio, to Montana, Wyoming, and South Dakota, most likely lured by the trade in horses and in response to their dispute over the distribution of meat from a slain buffalo. Hmm. The crow broke with the Hiratsa and moved westward sometime between the mid-17th and 18th century. So were these the people that you would see like in paintings and stuff like that, like riding horses, chasing buffalo on the plains? We'll get into that. Okay. The crow was broken into three bands, which were known as Mountain Crow, River Crow, and you're going to love this one, Mm. kicked in their bellies. Kicked in their bellies. The last one was an offshoot of the Mountain Crow, and they remained really close uh, to the Mountain Crow, and they were allies. So these bands really didn't get along. Okay. 
But I'm wondering, how did they get the name Kicked in Their Bellies? Yeah, that's very... That's, I mean, that's different. Okay, uh, what band are you from? And then they just kick you in your belly? I'm Kicked in the Belly band. Or, or maybe they kick you in the belly. They were just a bunch of jerks. Initiation. They just kick you in the belly. Do you want to be on our band? We got to kick you in the belly oh, for you to join is, our band. This is awkward, man. Uh, <laughs> I got new boots. Yeah. My belly's very sensitive. I don't want to be kicked. You're, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, you don't got a six pack? No, no. I thought you were. No, 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 no. Oh, I thought you were over here just jacked, ready to go. <laughs> no. A keg, more like. You got like a pint. I got a keg. A pint? <laughs> a pint? <laughs> Give it a the pint? <laughs> Much of traditional crow life revolved around the buffalo and horses. From the buffalo, they made food, clothing, robes, teepee covers, threads, containers, and shields. So the buffalo oh. were their pretty much their main resource. Have you ever eaten buffalo? I have eaten buffalo. Oh, I want to eat buffalo. Oh, buffalo steak? I've never had buffalo steak. I've had um, regular cow, <laughs> as in, in America, we say cow. No, I've had, you know, regular steak. I've had venison I think that's like the only thing other than cow. I'm awesome, but I'm also lame. Oh, you're an, you're, <laughs> you're an awesome lame person. Yeah. I respect that. No, Buffalo sounds like it would be very good. The horses provided transportation, and they also were involved in horse racing as a means of entertainment. Cool. By 1740, the Crow had become brokers and engaged in the trading of horses, bows, shirts, and featherwork to the Plains Village Tribes for guns and metal goods. These they traded in turn to the Shoshone in Idaho. Wow. They sound like businessmen. They were hustlers. Yeah, they sound like they were on Wall Street. They were like, all right, we got we got these guns, we got these buffalo. Well, they would trade for guns. Oh, they would trade for guns. They, they okay. had the largest horse herds in the as the Plain Indians, so they were okay. horse brokers. So they would get these wild horses, or they would take horses or buy horses, mm-hmm. and they would race them. So these were strong, fast horses, and they would trade them for goods. Oh. The vision quest was a huge part of traditional Crow religious life. Through the process that involved prayer, solemn vows, fasting in isolation, and sometimes piercing the body, a man who attained a vision was adopted, quote-unquote, by a supernatural guardian who instructed him in gathering objects into a medicine bundle. He was permitted to share part of his power with other men who had not received visions and create a replica of the bundle for them. Was peyote involved? It might have been. I didn't, I didn't see any of that, yeah. but they would go into these lodges, these sweat lodges, mm-hmm. and they would fast. So it was more of like a spirit, like a... And they would take a spiritual journey. A spiritual cleanse. And they would see things. Hmm. And they believed heavily in these visions. Right. I would feel like that would be uh, very soothing. And these men that would have the visions take these objects that they saw in their vision and create this spiritual bundle. And the people, the men who had had not had the vision, a vision yet, Mm -hmm. would replicate it in hopes that that would help them get a vision. Okay. So in a way, I would say like... uh, Faking it until you're making it? Faking it. (laughs) No. <laughs> faking it, yes, faking it to you, making. I was gonna say maybe like a form of medicine, uh, maybe spiritual medicine, spiritual medicine. So women also engaged in the vision quest. However, a lot of that has just wasn't really talked about. Mm-hmm. So there's not a lot of information about that. Okay. So the crow, they grew tobacco for ritual use, and according to their traditions, it has been given to them 
by the creator to overcome their enemies. Huh. Now, the Crow began to suffer high losses from the Blackfoot and Dakota Sioux as the American colonial frontier expanded and drove these tribes into Crow country. In response to constant threats from these enemies, the Crow sided with the U.S. military in the Plains War of 1860s, 70s, and in 1868, they accepted a reservation carved from their former tribal land in southern Montana. Okay. So would that be like the enemy of my enemies, my friend, in a way? Yes. So they were Plains Indians. Mm -hmm. So they had a lot of land, and when everyone was pushed from the east to the west, these were war tribes right so they were slashing and burning everything around them because they were driven from their home Mm -hmm. so in order to survive they made a deal with the devil right the u.s military and they said hey we can um we can give you part of your land as long as you sign the contract but yeah i mean today they still live on that land oh they still do to this day they still live on that land okay the story i'm going to tell you is about the little people, and I got this information from the storyteller Grant Bulltail of the Crow Nation. Now, Grant Bulltail, there's a website. I'll link it in the show notes. There's mm-hmm. a really cool website that I've uh, been going to for this information. Okay. NativeMemoryProject.org. On this website, they have the story of their people. They have stories that they will tell you there's videos of their stories and it's it's really neat they have battle stories ceremonial stories creation stories cool stories of their history hunting songs teaching traditional life ways visions so this is a really good resource if any of you guys are out there and you want to have you want to find more information about these people and again I'll, I'll link it in the show notes so you guys can watch these videos on your own and listen to this amazing storyteller so sadly to say uh grant Boltail did pass away Mm-hmm. Yeah, he passed away October 1st of 2020. Um, it says here that he did pass from complications of COVID, which just sucks. I mean, it's getting all our best people, man. I'm tired of COVID. So this is a story that he tells in one of his videos. The crow was moving through the prior gap when a man and a woman had their child on a wolf. The wolf got distracted by an antelope that appeared around a bend. The wolf started to chase the antelope and he moved very fast. Soon the wolf returned to the family, but the baby was gone. Hmm. I guess these people, they would use wolves as like... That sounds amazing. Horses, that's fantastic. I would love to be like, hey, when you were a baby, uh, I put you on a wolf. You were riding a wolf through the Great Plains, and you were majestic. (laughs) You had your your beautiful hair was flowing in the wind, and you were this this awesome baby. With his headband. Oh my gosh, that just sounds so... Yeah, I've never ridden any animal, so to ride a wolf, that would be amazing. Again, I'm... <sighs> I said I was awesome in the beginning of this episode, but, you know, it just turns out... You're kind out, of showing you're not that I'm awesome. kind of just being lame. I need to do more stuff. Yeah, I've ridden a, a horse. A horse? I've been on a cow. A cow? A griffin? I've been on an elephant. You've been on an elephant? Yeah. Um, I've been on a hammock, a, ha- a hammock. Okay. A hammock. That's a wild, I've it's a on, wild beast. Yeah. I mean, if you've ever yeah, been if on you turn hammock. the wrong way, that thing will flip you worse than any bull. 
The tribe looked for the baby for four days, searching miles and miles around. Everyone in the tribe knew that they couldn't wait forever, so the tribe decided it'd be best to keep moving. However, the mother and father, they stayed back to keep searching. Soon, it became the end of summer, and it became really cold. Because they were searching for the baby the entire summer, they never prepared for the winter, and they knew they didn't have enough food, but they really didn't care. They just wanted to find their baby. Right. So just put it, yeah, I would, I mean, I would do the same, put everything on hold. I need to find my kid. I'm not worried about preparing or anything like that. They left, they left the protection of the tribe Mm -hmm. to search for this child. I have, I have a daughter and a son of my own and I would do anything for these kids. Right. A few months had passed when a tall, young, handsome man came into their teepee. He brought them food and provisions to last them the entire winter. He said, my name is Black Arrow, and I live with the little people that live under the earth. The little people take care of the earth, and they make sure the rivers flow, and the grass grows, and that the trees grow tall. I am your son, and the little people are taking care of me, and I am thriving. Hmm. I'm saying it. I'm trusting anyone named Black Arrow. That's so badass. (laughs) Your name is Black Arrow. I'm going to uh, anything. Okay. I'm going to do what you say. Let's do it. I'm Black Arrow. Yeah. I am your son. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I, I, our baby left. This sounds like, like four, a man who knows what he's doing. Th- our baby left four months ago. Mm-hmm. He's a man. Right. A handsome man. A handsome man. <laughs> and the storyteller says, as all crow men. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he's like, hey, I, I, I'm not about. You know, I'm I'm all about just letting you know we look good. Say we look good. We got that hair. We got that. I mean, we're just worth the from the crow. So obviously, that means we look good. <laughs> <laughs> he also told his mother and father that the little people are my family now, and they will take care of the crow and become their helpers. So leave gifts when you go through the prior gap, so they know you are thinking of them and thanking them for taking care of you. If you do this, they will keep their promise. I feel a little bit of exploitation going on here. They didn't ask to be protected. Yeah. You know, so these these little people kind of sounds like the mafia. A little bit. If if you give us tribute, we'll protect you. Right. We'll, we'll make sure that, you know, the rivers flow and the the trees grow and mm-hmm. we, Well, I don't know if you can do all that. Hmm. So it sounds a little fishy to me. A little bit. Much time passed when Black Arrow returned to the crow, or and he said to the to his people, Whenever you go by the cliff where the rock mound is, shoot arrows into the cliff as an offering to the little people. Place gifts at the cliff as a way to remember them. The people listened, and young men would shoot arrows into the cliff. Black Arrow also told the people to place rocks on the mound path, and at the end of the rock mounds, make a much larger pile. He told them to keep placing larger rocks onto the mound in order to protect the entrance to the little people's cave, and they did. Then one day, the other people came to the crowland and started to destroy it. They pushed many crow away from the prior gap, so gifts were not given very often. One day, a few elders were fasting on Prior Mountain when the little people approached them and told them they were moving north because the new people were destroying their way of life It was no longer fit for them to live anymore. The energy that was flowing through the land was diminished because of these people. 
Some of the little people would come back from time to time and collect their gifts. A crow man once spoke with a little person, and the little person told the crow man that their leader's name is Red Fox. When you are asking for help from the little people, you must call to Red Fox. The little people will make sure that the rivers keep flowing and their plants keep growing as long as the people live on their land. Without the rivers, there is no life. Sing the song. It goes like this. Daybreak is coming. All the people be grateful for the day. Celebrate. Now celebrate. This will give the little people good energy to help keep their promise. Hmm. These little people sound like they want a lot of effort from other people (laughs) to make them happy. And it kind of seems like, what's the consequence if you don't give them tribute? Right. They just sound like jerks at this point. So you you stole my baby and then mm-hmm. put your your magic on him to grow him into a man. So I didn't get to see I didn't get to take him to a baseball game. Right. I didn't get to take him to a, a hockey game. I didn't get to see him take his first step. We didn't get to go see Metallica on their last tour date. That's where I crossed <laughs> the line right there. You made us miss Metallica. <laughs> so a famous crow chief, his name Plenty Koo. When Plenty Koo was 11 years old, his brother was killed on the Yellowstone River. So he went fasting on the crazy mountain, and he saw a vision. He saw a little man and a woman. He followed them into their teepees. They then filled him with energy and told him he would become a great, powerful leader that couldn't be killed in battle and war. Then they took him to the moon, and he saw himself on a mountain. He saw a stream and it was surrounded by cottonwood trees. They then took him to a fault in the earth, where they went inside, and they traveled west. When they were traveling, they ran into the buffalo, and the buffalo then turned into cattle, and the little man and woman told him, this is what you will survive on, these kind of animals the rest of your life. Then they brought him back to Crazy Mountain. Now Plenty-Ku, he sought the advice of his tribal elders to interpret this vision. They said that it meant that the buffalo would soon disappear and will be replaced by white man's cattle, but the crow people would survive the coming tide of white people if the people developed their listening skills and minds, and they would inherit the land seen from the medicine rocks. He built a house near the river in his vision, the one surrounded by cottonwood trees, and the crow did survive. And the Crow Reservation is a short distance from Medicine Rock today. Hmm. That's very interesting considering the buffalo were on the endangered species list uh, like a few years ago. Well, the, yeah, the buffalo, I mean, there were thousands of buffalo that would just roam around on the plains. Mm-hmm. Natives wouldn't, they knew how to sustain life. Right. They weren't going to overhunt. You take what you need. Yeah. If you're, if you're running out of something, you're not going to take the last of it you know you're gonna respect the earth respect the animals and stuff like that so that makes sense so these white people came and they pushed the buffalo out Mm -hmm. and they moved in cattle because that's what they were that's what they were raising right it shows like the mystic side again Mm -hmm. of these little people maybe they are like fairies or or these magical beings that are here to help and this isn't that was an example of how they helped the crow people they helped this chief who's a real chief this really happened right he had this vision, and the vision told him before he even knew what a what cows were. 
they only had buffalo. So they showed him a creature and he didn't even know what the creature was. Oh, interesting. And they, they said, these will be what you eat mm-hmm. the rest of your life. In and out. There, there's going to be this thing called the double double. Oh man. Double, Secret double. menu, three by three, four by four. And you're just, I mean, it's going to be amazing. Go to in and out burger. <laughs> what are you getting? A three by three animal fries, some, uh, chilies on the burger <laughs> and all that good stuff. Oh. I'm getting a <sighs> double, double animal style, mm-hmm. raw onions, chopped chilies, side of spread, side of chilies. There you go. It is the best. The best. I put mustard on my fries. Oh, I do too. So I ask them for mustard and they're like, uh, why? And I'm like, cause I'm going to put it on my fries. They give me one packet. Yeah. And then eight, I cry. I want eight packets. <laughs> yeah. I want a whole bucket of mustard. Give me a bucket of mustard <laughs> and I'm going to put it on my fries. Yeah. And then me. I'm going to drizzle some of the sauce on it. Many people say that these stories are told to explain unknown events, such as putting an object down and misplacing it. Maybe something happened to it. Maybe the little people took it. Or waking up one day and your hair, it's tied in knots. Mm -hmm. Well, I know I have to put my hair up. Because if I wake up, my hair is going to be full of knots. (laughs) Even the animals that they have are mutilated. There could be a creature out there that you don't know about because you just moved to that location. Right. But sometimes there's evidence that these legends are true. For example, in July of 1934... Two miners in the San Pedro Mountains came across something that was even more rare than gold. What was that? Hmm, Jeff Goldstein. Oh, Jeff Goldstein. (laughs) Get out of here, Jeff Goldstein. (laughs) I just want want these berries to come and make this pie so good. So good, Jeff Goldstein. And they just feed me this pie, and and I just want want to love everybody, (laughs) Jeff Goldstein. If you haven't uh, watched the movie that we're referencing... It's called Run, Running, Run. We reference it so much, it's, it just comes natural. <laughs> Do yourself a favor and look this movie up if you can find it. Mm-hmm. It is an amazing movie. Yeah. And it's Jeff Goldblum that we're talking about. We, we know his name is Jeff Goldblum. He refers to him as Jeff Goldstein. Mm-hmm. As they blasted their way into hidden caverns, they discovered a diminutive human body that was no more than 14 inches tall. It was naturally mummified by the Wyoming climate and stunned the two men who discovered it. This mummy was definitely unique, something these men had never seen before. The miners removed it from the cave, and they exploited it as a spectacle by various local Wyoming businessmen. The mummy mysteriously disappeared in the 1950s, but before it vanished, this mummy was known as Pedro. He was subjugated to rudimentary scientific tests, and its mysterious disappearance frustrated the solution of the most compelling mystery of them all. Was Pedro an adult or a child? Some experts believed Pedro was the only preserved example of a lost Native American pygmy race, while others believed the mummy was an infant who was a victim of a rare congenital disorder that was a birth defect that changes the structure and functionality of the baby. Was it Benjamin Button? It was. <laughs> Did he go backwards? It was Benjamin Button. He went backwards. See, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> he it's flipped a, the old reverse button and said, went backwards. Um, we're going to go to the way, way back machine. You know what it sounds like? It sounds like whip, 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 whip. It sounds like the lodge on um, Twin Peaks. Oh, yeah. It, that's what it sounds like. That's exactly how it sounded. That's a way, way back machine. Wow. So this little guy. 
You would, how, how big was he? He was no more than 14 inches tall. 14 inches. That's oh tiny. Oh my goodness. This dude's like a little bigger than a sheet of paper. Mm-hmm. So they had x-rays in the 40s. Right. Okay. So they did. They probably did x-rays and did as much as they could. And then you know some rich guy out there is like, hey, uh, you He's know, uh, hey, yeah, I uh, give you some money and give me the mummy you know just, uh, come on guys the, know, go- the godfather got it was the godfather the yeah. godfather came out and he's like, hey you know let me get hey I'm, I'm part of the little people myself you know we you help us we make the rivers flow so you know you come over here and you give me the mummy back you know hey, hey we got the mummy back i think we gotta get so that's what he did they took the mummy back and he's living back with his people you know what? i'm glad i'm glad i'm happy for them yeah very happy so in the summer of 1934 Cecil Maine and Frank Carr were mining for gold in the San Pedro Mountains. They were on the hunt for a very particular kind of gold, and when they stopped seeing it, they had no choice but to blast through the granite rock. Once the dust settled from the blast, they discovered something that wasn't gold. Instead, they found a small cave measuring no more than 15 feet long and 15 feet wide. The men made their way through the cave, and they were shocked to find something incredible a human figure that was no more than six inches tall in its sitting position. Which was weird because when they saw it, the, the miners were like, Oh, it's Gary Coleman! <laughs> oh, God, it was Gary <laughs> Coleman! He was around in the 30s? He was on Family Matters! <laughs> he wasn't on... That, that's the wrong show! They, I don't think these guys knew what they were talking about. Oh, okay. <laughs> he was on TGIF? <laughs> yeah. Wow, he was over there with uh, Carl Winslow and <laughs> with Urkel. Carl Winslow. The weathered creature had been preserved by the environment, leaving it perfectly mummified. It was brown, flesh still intact, and even had fingernails. However, its other features were curious to say the least. The head was covered in a gelatinous substance. Ectoplasm. Oh, man. Mm. Gelatinous. Oh, you know what I'm wondering? Was it preserved in honey? I don't know. Because uh, honey, you could preserve a lot of things in honey. You can? And, and the native people, what they used to do is uh, preserve mushrooms in honey. Huh. I didn't know that. Maybe that's it was honey. Where, that's where you get that blue honey from. You Ooh. know what blue honey is? Blue honey. Oh, you go to space on that. Just saying. <laughs> you go You go to space, sometimes come back. <laughs> I came back, so I'm fine. Luckily, oh, you came me. back. Trust me, I'm, I'm okay. For you. He's fine. I'm, so stop fi- asking because I'm he's so, okay. I'm fine. It's okay. You know, like, <laughs> oh man, the little people are they're coming around, and the, there, there's a guy. Hey, you got that little mummy guy? Oh come god, on, he's uh, back. Hey, like, come on, you know, you just look at this little mummy, huh? <laughs> like, fifteen dollars, fifteen dollars, fifteen dollars. Like, look at the wow. mummy. I'll let you look at it. No, you want you want to take a picture? <laughs> hey, you got uh. $25. It sounds pretty good. You know, inflation, you got prices go up. You know, I still oh, want yeah. the mummy. The nose was flattened and had a flattened forehead. It had a full set of teeth. What? Oh, that just, when I read that, I was like, that is creepy to find like a mummy preserved with like a full set of teeth. That just sounds weird. That sounds creepy. If it was preserved like that and a baby, some babies can be born with a full set of teeth. A full set of dentures. It is creepy. Very weird. The first thing that I thought of when you said flat face mm-hmm. was dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. The baby? 
Not the mama, not the mama, not the no. mama. <laughs> and the baby. With the frying pan yeah. smacking him in the face. Hey. I, I watched it recently. Doesn't hold up. It doesn't? Oh. <laughs> no, it, it's terrible. No, but uh, the nostalgia was still there. So Disappointing. I, I appreciated it. It was okay. <laughs> so they say the mummy's appearance was contradictory. Childlike, yet ancient. The two miners immediately recognized that they had something incredible on their hands, something that people would pay good money to see. So the two took Pedro, the mummy, 60 miles southwest to the town of Casper. And that is where Pedro's career as a sideshow attraction begins. So they took him all the way to Casper. What year was this? Uh, 1934. So the 30s. There wasn't much to see back then. So if somebody was like, I got this little thing, looks like a person, you want to come and check it out? You're going to gather the whole family and go check it out. So this was during a time where this was normal. Right. To have this sideshow kind of business. Mm-hmm. It was kind of the, it was the carnival um, fair kind of thing. You would show up, you would have your little booth set up and you would say, hey, come on, come see the guy. Or I don't know. How do those guys talk? <laughs> you know how they talk? The, uh Come see the guy. Um, yeah, my voice is always like extra, extra. Come on, read all about extra, it. Extra, come hey, see the you guy. You got only... I'm, I'm thinking about a newsie over here. Yeah. Oh, fifteen cents. Step yeah. on up, the Just carnival the old, barker like, guy, the carnival dude. Because the uh, the killer Ed Gein, uh oh, who I think is Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin. Trigger warning. Uh, forward about twenty seconds if you don't want to hear what I'm saying. It's pretty okay. gross. He would dig up bodies in graveyards take body parts and make furniture out of them lamps oh cool belts uh, cool yeah i got oh, a lamp it's made out of a clavicle you go click it right here it'll you turn it on. right there it's um <laughs> diy diy clavicle lamp well when he died they took his car or when he got arrested they had mm-hmm. his car and they would send it around to side shows and people were like oh this is the oh, Ed wow. Bean. this is you know the guy who chopped up bodies the, the graveyard guy oh he would go over here so something with uh, a little mummy guy, a little bit of shock value, I guess. That's pretty cool mm-hmm. to see something. I'd pay, I'd pay a nickel. Yeah, or I don't know, I don't know how much a nickel was back then. Maybe Two pence. Like... So Maine wasn't interested at all in the history of this mummy or what it actually was. He only thought about one thing: money. He first sold it to an insurance salesman named Homer Sherrill. Homer purchased it for $25 and used Pedro as a sideshow attraction, charging people only 25 cents to view the mummy. 25 cents. A whole quarter to see this mummy. I would definitely do it. I was in on a nickel. Mm-hmm. Oh, 25 is too high? Too rich for my blood. <sighs> Five nickels. Those are your last nickels? What? You're not going to see the mummy? Well, a corn dog's probably five, one nickel. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I got to get a corn dog. When you put it that way. And then I want a turkey leg. <laughs> so a turkey leg's probably two nickels. A 1930s turkey leg? Probably two nickels. Yeah. And and those 1930s turkey legs, they're not big. They don't got the GMOs and the HBGs mm, and the GHGs. They don't got the, the HDMIs that and we the do. the HDMIs. They don't have the HDMIs. No. They, they have connection issues. <laughs> and they're, you know, it's not a bulky soy GMO fed turkey leg. Like, I want that extra KFC mm-hmm. turkey leg. Yeah. So <laughs> as do I. But, so those that's about two nickels. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you got to get into the to the fair. So that's a nickel, right? 
So now I got a nickel left. I'll give you the nickel to go see the mummy. <laughs> but not the whole 25 cents. Not the whole cent 25 cents. It's okay. not worth it to me. Because I know you guys, and you're swindlers. <laughs> and you little tricksters come out there, and you say it's a mermaid, and I saw the mermaid. And it wasn't a mermaid. It wasn't a mermaid. No, no. It was a stupid doll, and you <laughs> cut it in half, and you put a fish butt on it. You're scaring and, me. Uh, you're turning into Alex. Yeah. All of a sudden. And, and then we came across, <laughs> and I know that the juice boxes are making everyone. <laughs> and the frogs and, are. And everyone's coming around. And uh, what an idiot. <laughs> Sorry you had to hear that. It's okay. not true. Everybody's fine. The juice is juice. Is juice. Just high in sugar. Maybe give some diabetes, but that's pretty Maybe. much it. So he kept this up for two years until 1963 when he sold Pedro to a drugstore owner named Floyd Jones. At this point, Pedro was in Matitsi, Wyoming. Floyd displayed Pedro in his store for several years until the mid-1940s when a used car salesman named Ivan Goodman saw the mummy in the store and just had to have it. He paid over $1,000 for it. That is incredible. Now, in 1940s money, $1,000? I didn't look it up. But, it was um, John Goodman's dad? John... <laughs> That's what it was. It was that was John, Fred Flintstone's was, uh, dad. He was, he was a good man. He was a uh, good man and a good man. Hey, uh, I'm in this drugstore, you know. Hey, I'm going to get the mummy. And <laughs> he turned into the godfather all of a sudden. I give you $1,000 for this mummy. It was just after Roseanne, so he had the money you're trying to, to you're, do it. You're, hey, you're only making 25 cents on this mummy. I have $1,000 for the mummy. <laughs> yeah. hey, you know, we can get this mummy. It's, it's, you know, he's part of the family. It gets you worse gotta, and worse. You can't understand what he's saying. Hey, I don't, sir. Um, Please, uh, sir, a thousand. That's fine. You, I said it was okay. I don't know why you're. you're why do you keep the? Hey, okay, you know. <laughs> I already I agreed. Okay, here. Oh. I already took your money. So can you please leave my storefront? <laughs> yeah. Thank you. After paying the thousand dollars, he took it back to Casper, where Pedro would be on display in a glass case. There were posters and postcards, all kinds of things to bring visitors to see this attraction. One of the postcards said this. Mm, it's educational. It's scientific. It will amaze and thrill you. It's a pygmy preserved as an actually lived. These posters included x-ray pictures of the mummy and were used to substantiate this. People said it was nonsense. However, the x-rays were real. These are posters that the... The man who bought the mummy posted up? Yeah, he put posters like promoting the mummy, trying Everybody's, to get people okay. to come see it. How much was it to see the mummy? I couldn't find that. Oh. Mm, but it was educational. Was it more than <laughs> 25 cents? I don't know. No, oh, man. He's trying to make his money back. Hey, guys, talk to the, to the guy over here. You know what he's trying to say? <laughs> you know, what's the return on the investment? You know, hey, you got to pump it up. You, you got to pump it? You got to get one of those guys that. He talks real weird, and he says, "Hey, you know the science. You got to do touch, trust, trust science. You got to trust science. Come on, you trust science." In the 1950s, Goodman had lost the mummy. Some claim Goodman took Pedro to New York City and lost it to a con man, but others say he lost it or it just vanished. Years later, an anthropologist named George Gill picked up the story from some of his students at the University of Wyoming. He came to the conclusion that the mummy was just an infant that suffered from birth defects, and it couldn't possibly be anything else. He said the mummy was a pygmy and that it wasn't an old man. In 2005, 
John Adolfi of New York offered a $10,000 reward for the mummy, claiming that it would disprove evolution. But to this day, Pedro the mummy stays hidden. He lost the mummy? So Goodman lost the mummy. Or did he? Or did he sell it for some jerky? Some mummy jerky? Or was it aliens? Or (laughs) the Mothman? That's another thing. I've seen people comparing this story to um, putting it in the classification of like a cryptid. Mothman, the Jersey Devil, stuff like that. Big face. Big face. I believe in big face. I believe in big face. Okay, we're on the same page. He has, he has a big face. He has a big face. He walks around. <laughs> he's friends with the water baby. I was am big face. He goes, I got the big face. Yeah, he sounds- hey, I got the big face. <laughs> I come around here. We say all this stuff, but I got a big face. <laughs> I got a big face. <laughs> we all know I have a big face. You know I got a big face. I say I got a big face. We I'm big it. face. Yeah. In 1994, Gil covered Pedro's story on television. At this point, Cheyenne family that knew of Gill and his story with the mummy presented him with something. It was another mummy similar to Pedro, but this was a little girl who they had nicknamed Chiquita. So there's more than one mummy. There's more than one. I don't like this intellectual uh, professor. See, what you have to understand is that uh, he's very like. Well, if you look at the facts, and when if, if, and if you look at the, the, the if we look at the test, see, and then first it's in the 1930s, it, and it dis- <laughs> we can't disprove evolution. We can't. It's not like the science, science didn't change. Because if we if we do, then I, we're gonna. I'm gonna have to reteach this. He and seems I'm like ten- that kind of guy. I'm tenured, and I can't. I can't do this. So, can you please? Um, just stop with all this nonsense and understand that people aren't small. I'm small, but I'm not that small. I, <laughs> and, you know, and the guy who discovered it, he was just, he looked like the guy who beat me up when I was in school. So I, I really don't like him. <laughs> so now he has can, a vendetta. Can we, can we please just dismiss this entire idea of little people? Because, so <laughs> facts are facts. And this is the truth. It's, it's the only truth. So please, please trust me when I say that he was a pygmy. A pygmy man, and I call him a man, but I'm, I'm giving him credit that he is a man, but he's, <laughs> he's really a child. So can we just stop this? He should I'll, lose tenure. I'll, I'll show you the facts if we have them. I don't have the mummy. So please give me the mummy and I'll show you the facts. Please, please. <laughs> Measuring only inches in height, her arms and legs were also in the same position as Pedro's. When Gil was presented with this other mummy, he said, And I quote, nowhere else in Wyoming do we have burial sites up like that. (laughs) We never, never sitting up with its legs crossed and other folded across their chest. But there's no clear connection between the two of them besides being in the same region. And that that is it. So listen to the facts. And and my name's Gil. And I got to go. Bye. I could hear him pushing his glasses up and snorting. <laughs> uh, well, exactly. Um, yeah. What is going on here is God, Gil. Come on, Gil. Get with so the picture. These it, are little people. Yeah. The 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 guy, the guy, the good guy. He got him. It just sounds like he wants to believe, but then he doesn't want to believe. Um, admitting that there's connections between these two mummies, but on the same side, he's like, but there isn't because the only thing connecting them is the same region. That's it. I don't like Gil. He's a jerk. I'm 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 Team Goodman, <laughs> not Team Gil. For decades, Chiquita laid in a trunk in the family's attic. 
She was purchased by their grandfather from a sheep herder in approximately 1929. Even though Chiquita wasn't preserved in a cave like Pedro, she was still precious enough to be protected. Gil did not want to let Chiquita get away, like Pedro, and he asked the family for permission to examine her. They agreed and allowed Gil to analyze Chiquita, but they also had terms. They wouldn't let him have her overnight, and he was only able to examine her three times. He made this time count and arranged for tests to be done at the Children's Hospital in Denver. I mean, obviously, they're very protective of this mummy. They're showing it to an outsider. He he wants to get his grubby little hands on her. He probably sniffed the mummy. He was all... <sighs> I could tell by the sniff. It's not a child. It's not a child. It's not a child. Wait, are you smelling... Um, as you can see by this, the, the, the aroma that is coming off of this mummy, it's clearly not a child. Clearly. Or is it a child? What did I say the first time? I think I said it was a child. Um, I can't go back on my word. I'm, I'm going to lose my know. tenure. I don't know. I was bullied as a child. But he, and I didn't deserve it. And I, my mother said I was small for my age, but I had asthma. And I couldn't I couldn't go out and run and play. And <laughs> I'm going to say it. He was a, wed, a bedwetter. The test raised plenty of questions, but Gil was able to establish her date of birth. It was July 4th. I'm just kidding. She wasn't. No. What year was this guy? This guy was like, uh, he's modern. Um, 2015. This was in the nineties. <laughs> he was in the nineties. Yeah. He knows better than that. He should just shut up. Stupid he was in girl. the nineties. He was chilling. He was watching saved by the bell. I know. Uh, Seinfeld was on. Come yeah. On, Seinfeld. Guy. I mean, very, very cultured people in the nineties. He determined that her actual date of birth was sometime around the 1500s. Despite her blonde hair, her DNA also revealed that she was, in fact, of Native American origin. But most compelling of all, Gil also established that Chiquita had died from anencephaly. I think I'm saying that right. It is a very rare condition in which a large part of the skull is absent along with the cerebral hemisphere of the brain. So it's a birth defect. Even though she has similarities to Pedro, they definitely had their differences. There is actual evidence that shows Pedro wasn't a child, but an adult. And we also don't know if Pedro suffered the same condition as Chiquita, because we don't have Pedro's body to compare the test. Gil tried convincing the Cheyenne family to let him have more time, but they refused. All he has left are photos, test results, and the desire to know more about the tiny mummies. And he went back to his room in his mother's basement. <laughs> and he cried. And he said, please, somebody give me the strength. I know I'm right. I know I have to be right. My mom said that I'm right. She said I'm, I, I'm sick and tired of this. And Poor Gil. You know what? I'm. I'm taking her. I'm, I'm, I have I have Pedro, and 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 now I'm going to take Chiquita. I I collect them. I love the little people, and if I don't give them trip, none of that happened. I don't okay. like it. None of that happened. He didn't do like any it. of that. <laughs> to this day, no one can truly answer the biggest question of all: Where is Pedro now? Are Pedro and Chiquita the only ones out there? Do the Wyoming mountains have more mysteries that have yet to be discovered? 
We want to know what you guys think. This is truly a mystery that has yet to be solved. I believe the little people are real. I believe that Gil was a bedwetter. Well, there you, there you go. You, you heard it here first, folks. Gil was a bedwetter. <laughs> okay, get, get out of here, I, Gil. I just, We're done. I, I want to interject here. Um, guys, I, I, hear, I hear that you're talking about me, and um, I, I have to say that um, I did wet the bed. However, um, the, the the truth is the truth, and I don't have I don't have uh, Chiquita or or Pedro, and I would like to, I would like to have them, but poor Gil. But you're you you need to stop, please. Um, this is not right. You're you're making fun of me, and I'm I'm gonna have to get my lawyers involved. And my 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 mom, she I don't want to be sued. Okay, well, I'm gonna leave. So bye, guys. Goodbye, Gil. So that was my story. My research I've done on uh, the Pedro Mountain Mummy and Chiquita. Very interesting stuff. But now... It seems real. It's... I, I'm i a little 50-50. No, I, I believe that these mummies exist. And I've you seen ha- pictures, x-rays. The pictures of the mummies, were they wrapped? Or are they just preserved like a fossil? They look like jerky. I don't know if that's disrespectful. <laughs> they weren't wrapped. So they had, they were like what, teriyaki flavored? Or uh, a little bit, a little honey, honey mustard, maybe a little black pepper. They look like a person Ooh, cracked black just pepper, shrunken down to the size mm. of a football. And they had sharp teeth, or they just had um, a full mouth, just teeth? a full set of teeth. They didn't say if they were sharp. No, so the teeth probably look like uh, dentures, <laughs> maybe. Hmm. I believe they're real. Hmm. I think well, that the the crow certainly believe it's real. I believe that too, but I also have some encounters. If you want to go over that, maybe In, convince the, the listeners a little more, if, see if they what they think. So I actually do have two encounters of the little people. If you want to go over them, see if we can convince some of the more skeptical viewers. Well, I'm already all in. I'm okay, you're all in, so I don't got to convince I'm a believer. you. you. I mean, I watched Shrek the other day. You saw her face? Now I'm a believer. Okay. And the wife and... Uh, your wife and the kids, they went to go see Shrek the Musical, and I believe they're believers. We weren't invited, so I'm a little offended. I don't care. No, okay. I'm, I'm fine. Okay. I don't need to go to the <laughs> theater. This first encounter is from Christy Greham. She recalls that one night, she was shipping out, and the truck was coming at about 7 in the morning. We had about 60 cows in a corral up on the mountain. We hear this bang, bang, bang on the side of the horse trailer. We got out and we're looking around. There was nothing there. We get back in and the bangs happen again. There was not a movement, nothing outside. What happened was the cows had broken through and had gotten out. Still to this day, I think it was the little people pounding on the door telling me, the cows are out. You need to go get them because they are running all over the forest. So, so far reading this encounter, they sound like they're helping. They're the people of the prior mountain that helped help the crow. So if she is part crow or on crow land. Maybe these are the little people that are helping her. Hmm. So she goes on to say a lot of our stuff would get taken. We would have stuff in our saddlebags and we would stop somewhere just to eat or something. And we would have little things missing like candy. I believe in the historical side of the little people. There's evidence up in the caves. There's been many skeletons found, so I believe in the historical aspect of this legend. We were at camp one time, and we were chasing these cows. We were riding our horses along, and I looked down, and I saw this little fire and these little benches all the way around it. There were rocks on top of rocks. 
around this little fire. My friend Liz and I both got into these really dark, dense forests. It just kept getting darker and we kept getting deeper into the woods. You could see them next to these trees everywhere. Whether the sound of twigs snapping in the forest at night or whistling from a nearby cave is the rustles of animals passing through or a playful entity, stories are unexplainable. The next time you find yourself traveling through the mountains, don't forget to watch your surroundings. Or you may miss an encounter with these prankish beings. They just stole their candy? What does she have? I imagine Sour Patch Kids. She sounds like a Sour Patch Kids kind of This sounds like a Sour Patch Kids. Got a bunch of Sour Patch Kids (laughs) in her saddlebag. And her friend's like, why do you bring candy? We're going out on horses. Mm -hmm. You know, take some jerky. Right. Well, I'm on a a different diet. I can't have that much (laughs) salt. But you're you're full of sugar. What are you doing with all this candy? Yeah. So this and I don't know about you, but how much candy did she like? Did she have like a Snickers bar? Or, like I don't know how much candy I have. If I have candy, it's just like oh, it's a oh, it's a handful of candy or a little <laughs> bit of candy. She's like, well, I had I had three Tootsie Rolls, a whole ice box full of candy. <laughs> I had two Mars bars. Mm-hmm. I had one package of Sour Patch Kids. Like, she's taking inventory. Yeah, Toblerone. Yeah. She's taking inventory. On her uh, her candy, and then she she went back out and checked for ca- how like her candy when she got back out of the the restaurant. <laughs> you just ate, and then you well, you know what? I got it. a little sweet tooth. Maybe just just had some uh, a nice meal. I would like to have a palate cleanser mm-hmm. of a a Mars bar. Yeah. So this was an example of more of a uh, mischievous encounter, not so much to harm you, but kind of just like. Messing around. No, these are those little jerks that tie your hair in knots. Yeah, these were those. So this next encounter, I found a search in the interwebs on a forum called Truth is Out There. Submitted by a user named NiceGuy113. Hey. He's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. (laughs) Hey, hey, we're all nice guys. Hey, we're all nice guys. This guy was a nice guy. (laughs) Here is what he says. I'm 45 years old, and this is something that happened to me when I was four years old. I have always been able to remember this memory extremely clear, unchanging and not fuzzy like remembering a dream. We lived in a trailer situated in a cow field out in the county of McMinn, Tennessee. My sister and I slept in a bunk bed, and I slept on the bottom bunk. The hall... The hall light outside the bedroom was always left on for us to have plenty of light in the room. I woke up in the middle of the night and the closet door was open about eight inches. My eyes had just opened up and I was staring straight into the back of the closet without moving my head. I could sense something moving in there. A very tiny little man was holding hands with a very tiny little woman and they were sneaking out of the closet. They were being very slow and careful in their movements. I did not move at all, and I just stared transfixed. They stopped and both looked around, puzzled. I think they could sense someone staring at them. The little man looked up and locked eyes with me for a second. It scared them to death, and they ran and hid underneath my bed. I slowly looked under my bed, but they were gone. There was a shoe under my bed that wasn't there before, so I assumed they were into hiding shoes but I didn't dare touch it. The people were about 10 inches tall. Their hair looked like it might have been brown, but I'm not sure how long it was. 
I also can't exactly remember how their clothes looked. Remember, I was four years old, and four-year-olds don't care to think about style or clothes. They just looked like tiny, normal people. They didn't have wings or any odd skin color. I remember them looking like white people, but I'm not sure. They could have been Indians. Again, this isn't something that registers with a four-year-old. I've told this story to friends and family all of my life, but none of them seemed to believe me. This was in 1974, and I never had any books about fairies when I was little, and it wasn't until I was in college where I found books that covered myths and legends. Then the internet came along, and I researched this, and I learned of Native American stories of the little people. So this guy was four years old and remembers... Like a little couple, a, a man and a woman. couple hanging out <laughs> in his closet in Tennessee? Yeah. It does seem like they were messing with him. I mean, they were just hanging out, and then he seen him, and they skid under his bed. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember what happened when I was four years old, and I'm not 40 yet, so... <laughs> This guy has a really good memory, if he remembers mm-hmm. that. Maybe it just embedded into his thought process. Right. And now, he sees little people everywhere. Maybe. He goes to Starbucks. Can I have a tall? No, it's little. It's little. It's oh, little. no. Oh, where's my shoe? Oh, where is it? <laughs> oh. Every day, he checks his shoes before he puts them on. And, they, oh, I put the peanuts in there, and the little people didn't take them yet. See, again, this wasn't a malicious experience. This seemed, again, like a little, maybe a little trickster little person. Somebody was just like, yeah, I'm going to take your shoe and I'm hiding under your bed. <laughs> Nothing too harmful. Hey, you just wanted maybe. Yeah, it's, shoe still, it's still annoying. I mean, I mean, you don't want to see a little person. I don't want to see a little person. I'm fine with seeing mm. little people. It's okay. A mummy, on the other hand. <laughs> Ooh. It's okay. So I have a story oh. about a little person encounter. Okay, I want to hear it. So it was 1945. <laughs> Rock and roll was all the rage. There was a band. Oh, no. That came out of nowhere. The Stones? The Little People. (laughs) The Little People Band? I don't have a story. Oh, (laughs) I was excited. So that was the story of the Little People and the Pedro Mountain Mummy, including Chiquita. What'd you think? You're convinced. You're completely convinced. I I I was a believer already. Mm -hmm. So because there is proof of these little people and there's caves and, you know, places that people haven't gone to and maybe it might be protected land it might be indian land it might be private land Mm -hmm. you're not going to be allowed to explore why not just live a little man believe in these little people your life sucks i know you're just chilling drinking a starbucks every day and it's not gonna hurt you're going to believe in the little people you're plugging in you're under those fluorescent lights all day you hate your life you know your your wife is just nagging at you all the time (laughs) and she's just like oh what are you gonna do this and Hey, you still didn't sweep the porch and you know, the dogs need food and, and, uh, what, oh, dinner. You, you, you said you liked my salmon and, and but you didn't eat all of it. <laughs> the and, salmon. Oh, come on. Just believe in the little people. Come on, folks. Believe in it. It's, it's fine. It's, it's okay. Just, just get on <laughs> with it and just accept it. Give us a five-star review. Shut up. <laughs> oh, just God, do it already. Just start yelling at just, Her salmon's real dry. I get it. I oh. get it. It's dry salmon. No one wants to eat dry salmon. No butter. And then uh turns out your name is Gil. Oh, Gil. And you're, oh, so my wife just, she doesn't like this. She she makes terrible salmon. There is no and, way Gil is married. Uh, Gil is, is married. Yes, His wife is. is probably Gil smoking is a, hot. Gil is a man's man. <laughs> He's a man's man. He believes in science. Science. The truth <laughs> is out there. <laughs> oh, yes, it is. In science. 
there's no little people about <laughs> in science. Hey, so uh, <laughs> oh god, he's I, back. I still got, I still got Pedro, and uh, <laughs> you know, no, no one wants to take him off my hands. I paid a thousand dollars for him, and you know, uh, I'd like to have some money back. Ten thousand dollars. Ten thousand dollar reward. But I paid, I paid one thousand. Oh, okay, and that was that was in the forties. <laughs> Now people say that he's lost, but he's not lost. I got him. So got him. Uh, come on, guys. Like, I need about two mil. <laughs> two I take, mil. I Jesus take, Christ. I take two, Bitcoin. Two mil. I know it crashed, but I'll, t- I'll take Bitcoin. He'll still take it. I'm not going to take those dog dog coins. It's all crap. Mm. I'm not going to take any of those Maybe. old coins. Ethereum just dropped. You know, it just it changed. Now it's a, a different kind of thing. But come on, guys. I'll, I'll take it. Ten. Uh, 10 million now <laughs> price is going up i got pedro so i think that guy has him maybe i think goodman has him he's holding him at oh goodman's got him goodman family they don't know what happened to how goodman lost him i don't think he lost him he's got him in the basement i think that john goodman <laughs> john goodman i holding him hostage no. until he gets his next big break and then he's like i got the mummy i think he 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 gets that little mummy mm-hmm Puts him in a pitcher of whiskey Ooh. to preserve him. There you go. And before every every show, he takes a shot of Pedro. Probably. And then fills it back up with some whiskey. <laughs> he goes, this one's for the family. This one is for the family. And then down the hatch. Down the hatch. So that was our episode, everybody. We'd love to hear what you guys think. You can DM us on Instagram at indigenous underscore tales. Make sure to follow you can also email us at info at behillnetwork.com. Yes, sir. You can email us with your questions, concerns, comments, and also make sure you are involved in this sticker giveaway. These stickers are awesome. We want to give you free stickers. Hurry up. Hurry They're going to run out. They're all gone. There's only one left. What are you going to do? There, there's only one left. And I think, oh, I just, I just checked the email right now mm-hmm. and Gil just emailed us. Gil took it. Oh, he emailed us right now. <sighs> We're giving it to Gil if he you wants, guys don't respond. He wants to stick. I'm not going to give it to Gil. Okay. We have a lot of stickers left, folks. We're just JKing. Ha ha. Yeah. Ho ho. Yeah, so we're, we're just playing around, guys. Boom. So we're excited to give you guys these stickers. What do you got to do to get these stickers? Give us a five-star review mm-hmm. on iTunes. Okay. And now including Spotify. Leave a comment screenshot said comment mm-hmm. said rating and shoot us an email with your address your mailing address we can't email you the sticker sorry guys doesn't work like that we can but you won't be able to stick it anywhere it's just a picture i'll i'll email you the picture if that's what you want that's kind of <laughs> yeah. weird but if fine. you physically want to speak the sticker you got to do this other stuff and once we receive the email we will send the sticker out now they just got here today so it'll be a week or so until we send the stickers out. Only in the lower, lower 48. 48. Sorry, guys. Canada, UK, mm-hmm. Australia. Australia. Sorry, guys. Uh, we're not sending stickers that way because we don't even know how your money works. Yeah, not just Like loonies yet. or goonies or, or toonies or, <laughs> or it's something weird. Or pounds. It's, I don't it, know how to convert it, so no, it's kind of weird. It's, uh, it's none of those things. So sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> maybe in the future. However... The sticker giveaway is in the lower 48. Yeah. One last reminder, the remembering our ancestors powwow Mm -hmm. is in two days. This is uh, Thursday, 
the powwow is on Saturday. So this is your last reminder before Saturday. Right. We, we will be there. The 24th. Stickers. The 24th of September. So this is the last you're going to hear about it. But mm-hmm. if you see us out there, give us a high five. Let's take some pics. Uh, enjoy it. Enjoy it with your family. And let's help support these natives. Right. Now it's time for updates from last week's episode. Last week's episode, we talked about the water babies of the northern Paiute at right. Pyramid Lake. Turns out, I have a buddy, <laughs> Brad Thaler, shout out to you, that lives in that area. And he DM'd me and said, hey, uh, you know, it's kind of taboo to talk about these creatures. No one talks about them. Here. <laughs> right. I, I also seen that, too, while researching. Some people were saying, like, hey, we don't really talk about this, so... Be careful. If you do talk about it, they might get you. Well, They'll hey, get you. guess what? We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about everything. And if you don't like it, you can move on to the next <laughs> show because we are going to talk about it. We're going to bring some humor to these uh, topics. And hopefully you enjoyed the Water Baby episode. Yeah, hopefully he was super fun. Hey, come on, guys. Hey, hey. Oh, God, hey. he's back. You like, you like the episode? I like the episode. <laughs> Get him out of here. I'm, a, uh, I'm the water baby, huh? I'm the water baby. I come over here. I'm, I'm looking at the next episode, and, and these guys, they're good guys. So, you know, now we're talking about these little people. They're my friends. You know, these little people, they're my friends. So, come on. Talk about the other episode. Don't worry about us. Just, you just come in the water. Come on. Come on. You come in the water. We're fine. Come in the water. We're... I'll get your feet. Pull you down. The water baby I'll approval. So, come on. We'll talk about it. We're not, all right. I'm going to go get somebody else. <laughs> Hopefully you guys like this episode. It was really fun recording. The last episode was really fun recording. Don't forget to like and or subscribe on all your podcast listening platforms. Right. And don't forget to follow on Instagram. Please follow. We need more followers to get those numbers up so we can do better. Uh, we can do better episodes. We get more ideas. We can help you out. And we will do better giveaways at each milestone marker. We need to hit 200 downloads by next week. So please pump yes. those numbers. We need up, your help. Share. We need this to get out to help you guys. So see you next time. See you next time. You'll be remembered by the tracks you leave. And remain close to the great spirit. If you're not spiritually connected to the earth and understand the spiritual reality of 